Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets. Ed Russo here. Hello, Tom Russell here on this end, and Ed, always great to catch up with you, my friend. Yeah, great to catch up with you, too. Uh, finally got some uh, much-needed much, much needed rain. <laughs> well, it's just so ironic because October, so warm, so dry, and then right in the last part of October, there it goes. We get the heavy rain, we get the cooler temperatures, and October finally acts like October. Uh, the good thing about this rainfall, though, has been the fact that it's spread across the entire state. As you and I have been talking, the, the drought has been worse uh, north and west of Harrisburg. Uh, you know, once you get to the other side of the river, it seems like uh, the drought has been much worse. So this helps everyone there, um, kind of fills up the creeks and streams, but it gives us that soil moisture that's been so lacking. And here's the good point, it comes before a super hard freeze. In other words, you know, when you get into winter, the ground's too cold, it doesn't absorb uh, a lot of that moisture. In this case, we'll still get the benefits of a nice soaking rain for the entire state. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, and how many times have we talked about we need a tropical system yep. to wipe a good chunk of this out? And we've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and it came. Uh, that's a really good point. And earlier uh, this past week, they actually added another county to the, uh, was it the drought watch? Yeah. Warning. Um, but yeah, so this should this should help. Not going to alleviate anything, but it, it it certainly does help. You know, did we think it was going to take until Zeta? Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about Zeta a little bit yeah. because uh, one of the latest hurricanes this strong. Now, you know, hurricane season goes to November, but a lot of times you'll just have like a stray little system that's sitting on the Atlantic or the Gulf or whatever, and doesn't really impact anyone. Um, one of the stats that came out of Zeta is the latest hurricane to strike Mississippi. Now I know the landfall was Louisiana. But uh, when you think about, you know, the Deep South and the Gulf of Mexico, you would think Mississippi's had their share of uh, landfalling and, uh, and, and hurricanes. But the latest hurricane to strike Mississippi, and to strike as a, uh, as a cat too, 110 mile per hour winds are yep. impressive. Yeah, especially for this, this late in the season. And, and this was, uh, I, I believe, if I'm counting correctly, this was Louisiana's fifth landfalling named storm. That is just crazy. That yeah. is just crazy. I saw you put out a tweet uh, as it was coming that uh, this has happened never. Never. <laughs> I think is how you phrased it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, really unusual. Now, we did think that the Gulf of Mexico would be, be the bullseye, but but never five storms in basically the same area. Yeah. Uh, that you just Your heart just breaks for those folks down south. You and, know? and something pretty impressive that I was noticing uh, yesterday, uh, so the Gulf of Mexico, just like the Atlantic, there are a whole bunch of buoys that measure wave height, uh, wave period, wind speed, temperature, water temperature, all that. Um, one of the buoys just south of Louisiana yesterday uh, read a buoy, read a, a reading of 50-foot wave. 50-foot? 50 50-foot uh, wave. Now, it's hard, even in a big storm, to get a 50-foot wave, let alone in the Gulf yeah right and and the reason why is you need really deep water to get a really big wave i mean in order to get a 50 foot wave oftentimes you need water that's much greater in depth than the actual wave height and right. and and that part of the gulf of mexico is shallowest it's you know the the mississippi yeah the mississippi alabama louisiana texas plate or shelf i should say uh you know averages 100 foot foot or less you know when you go yeah, when you go far out. So it's very shallow, far out. So to get a wave of that height there is 
is pretty crazy and 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 the reason why it was able to produce a, a wave like that is because the water depth increased because of the surge of water right and, and the forward speed was incredible so it wasn't just like the last couple of storms kind of slowly meandered in this thing was flying at 20 some miles per hour and then when it hit land it was going to 30 miles per hour so usually these uh systems will weaken with the interaction with land this thing was flying I mean, just moving. So this is going to be a great storm to study for a long time. The other thing that happened, as you mentioned, is it came toward shore. It actually strengthened at the last minute. Yep. The, the, the general thinking was about a Cat 1, but it strengthened to almost Cat 3 right. just prior to landfall. And we're, we're talking about a, a one-mile-an-hour difference. So, I mean, it's a storm you got to treat as a major hurricane. Incredible. Yeah. Just incredible. So, um, you know, and, and, and the forward speed, like you said, is is – is is high too i mean normally tropical systems they don't they're not like moving north at 30 miles an hour i mean th th this thing made landfall late yesterday afternoon early evening mm -hmm. and now it's the the center of it is already you know at the southern end of the appalachians or yeah, it was flying through the southeast and that was actually a saving grace because as much rain as it brought uh it really <laughs> allowed the system to move on in other words right. if it had sat there it would have been a devastating flooding storm so again back to where we get the beneficial rain without having to worry too much about flooding. right the only downside though is to a fast-moving system is is it doesn't give the wind field enough time to weaken oh uh, true yeah true. so we're seeing tropical storm warnings all the way inland as as far as the north carolina mountains <laughs> at tropical that. storm warnings yeah and and one of the fastest moving storms um uh, was Hazel back in I think 54, 1954, 54 and made landfall in the Carolinas and was still producing hurricane force winds in Pennsylvania, yeah, because it just moved north so fast. So quickly. Yep. Um, the other stat was uh, it was a 27th named storm. Is that correct? Uh, just one of an unbelievable season, um, and you know as we record this. Ed, are we finished with tropics? <laughs> I, you know, I don't. You know, every, every very active season, we already, we always usually have one that develops in October, even December. I think the last storm in two thousand five, which is the, which is the season we're rivaling, we're rivaling. Um, the Zeta, I think, in two thousand five, formed in December. I think it was after uh, technically the season was over. Right. I think you're correct. So, so the the names actually get kind of confusing here because it's Zeta. <laughs> Eta and theta. All right, say that again. Zeta, eta, theta. So now we got next. We've got eta and theta. <laughs> that won't be confusing at all. I, I know. Be like, hey, didn't we just have that story? Right, <laughs> and there were there were people that were thinking, oh, we're at Z, uh, zeta. We, we must be at the end of the Greek alphabet. But no, no, no. no, no. That's not how it works. Right. Uh, so yeah, we still have eta uh, and theta to go, or possibly. Um, I, I think, like you, the, the the potential is there for one more. Um, but man, what a season, huh? I know, I know. So hopefully, hope you know. And usually later in the season, they're not as intense. Yes, but let's hope that's you know. Case. Remember, Hurricane Sandy was also pretty strong. And but you know, it was Hurricane Sandy also made landfall in an area doesn't. So it's not like that area had the infrastructure, you know, New Jersey to deal with a. A landfalling hurricane like that because they hardly ever see it so sandy was also unique in where it made landfall which in part made it worse yeah and then and you and i've talked about how it ended up being 
uh, a winter storm too because it brought snow uh, inland as well. Yep. Let's let's uh, let's wrap up October real quick. Um, October was running about four degrees above average. So, I mean, it was really warm. Uh, but it was hard to complain because the, the fall weather has been so nice. And then it was running until Zeta about an inch and a quarter dry. So we're able to make up for that. But if you look back towards since like September 1st, we're still a good inch and a half behind yeah. as far as rainfall goes. And the, the interesting thing with tropical systems this time of the year is, you know, the, the, the jet stream is much more active. So when you have a, a hurricane or a tropical storm or weakening tropical system moving north, there's a higher chance this time of the year that it's going to link up some energy with the jet stream and which can pull down colder air uh, this time of the year. Yeah, it can, it can enhance these storms. And then as we often see on the backside, you get this quick changeover uh, to wintry precipitation. Yep. So we're definitely into that season. So let's talk about uh, October was warm. What do you think? What do you see for November? It did, I mean, I mean, to, to me, I, you know, both the both of the big uh global models that you know their operational runs go out you know two weeks gfs euro they're both showing a pretty active pattern um where we've got several fronts that come through over the next uh, couple weeks that'll bring us a glancing shot of some colder air um usually when that happens we also you know sometimes get some wind to come along with it so expecting you know typical fall you know we'll have our little cold blast but they don't look to last very long it's a pretty progressive right. pattern right so you know you get those three or four dry days and then as ed mentioned the front comes through so what i see in november is typically what we would have seen you know late october so i think everything's getting pushed back a little bit mm -hmm. as far as temperatures and uh, that progression to uh, gradually colder air but we are in that season where we need to be ready that uh you know one of these fronts comes through and on the backside it's a wintry mix so yeah we're, we're getting there and even this upcoming weekend parts of pennsylvania could the northern mountains the the snow belts of northwest pennsylvania definitely in for some you know lake effect snow showers which isn't unheard of in october this time of the year up there no. not here all right so overall, do you think November will kind of get us back to normal? You think it'll be colder than average? What do you feel? Yeah, I mean it's it, it's a pretty progressive pattern. So I'm willing to bet maybe we end up winding up near normal. Yeah, that's um, what I'm thinking. Yes, yeah, th through the month. But uh, again, near normal doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have some every day near average. I mean, right. you can be near normal because you're consistently above and below average, and they kind of cancel each other out. That's exactly right. So uh, the good news is uh, good weather for election day shouldn't hinder things there. But as we go through the month, um, I think we we definitely going to be on the chillier side. And compared to where we've been, it's been such a nice and mild, uh, as we mentioned, October and fall. Really, um, I think it's going to feel chillier to us, you know, even if it's just a, a subjective thing. Yeah, you know, I, I you know, and I'm not. I'm not against this this weather, you know. I I I do like it to feel like the season. I mean, how can not that I drink like a pumpkin spice latte? I know they're real popular, but I mean, how, are you going to drink that on an 80 degree day? <laughs> a lot of people would. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are we are definitely getting into that season. So let's talk uh, a little bit further out then. We've been working as the uh, CBS 21 weather team on what we think is going to happen for winter, and we've touched on some of these topics a little bit in the last couple podcasts, but basically it looks like a 50 to 60% chance of a 
La Nina winter, which would kind of keep us slightly on the warmer side of things and um, and about average precipitation. So do you think that means a lot of these mixed bag kind of storms, or do you think... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it seems like temperatures in a, in a La Nina year are typically uh, marginal for snow. Right. Um, and, and this is a very unique part of of the state. I mean, when you live out in North Dakota, Minnesota, it's pretty much a guarantee that December, January, and February, you're going to be seeing snow. It's not a guarantee in Pennsylvania because we ha we're close to the Atlantic. Um, we can easily see things warm up, and we can also see things cool down easily here. So it's, and, you know, just climatologically, our average coldest temperature is around 36. So anytime we have a strong storm moving in that could give us snow, Temperatures are always marginally cold enough to see it just be snow. So what I'm saying is, you know, it's a hard place to forecast winter events here. I mean, this is a unique challenge living here. I mean, Tom, you've been doing it for 20 years here. And, and it really is different whether you're talking about Lancaster County versus Juniata and Mifflin County. That's a complete different ballgame as, uh, as well. Uh, but the thing that I look forward to this winter is we're not going to do what we did last winter where it was just non-existent. I don't think we can do that two years in a row. Uh, I think we only had snow basically that one time, <laughs> ironically, during Farm Show Week. Um, so I do think there'll be more opportunities for snow. They may not be necessarily big ones, uh, but I do think we're also going to have our share of messy storms, as uh, as Ed mentioned. When you're when you're in that 34, 35 degree range, uh, it may fall as a wintry stuff, but it ends up just being wet. And a lot of those are disappointing storms for snow lovers. I know. Lovers, yep. And this, it can be a frustrating season that way, you know. Oh, there's there's nothing like expecting to have everything turn white the next day, and you wake <laughs> up and there's still bare ground. You know that. I know how that. I know what that feels like. And that may be one of the most disappointing things as a forecaster because people don't realize how seriously we take it. You know, we go to bed, we're forecasting two inches by morning, whatever, and you wake up and it's just wet, and you're like, no. Yep. <laughs> and then you go down, and then you look at over a blue mountain down the road, and you see the very top is yeah, covered in white. white. <laughs> that happened last year a few times. Yeah, it sure did. You know, people forget we did have some cold snaps. I, I was looking back through my phone, and there was a couple of spots in December where we actually had ice, you know, the ice secretion on, on cold surfaces. And, you know, the, the tendency is to think we never had any winter. Yeah, it was a mild winter, but we still had our days. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just, it's just you know, the cold air came in too late. Every time it would get cold, the moisture would be east of us, and it wouldn't do anything. It was kind of like a dry cold. You know, if it's not going to snow, it might as well be warm, as, <laughs> as people like to say. Well, and you made this point in the past, too, that even in a mild winter you can still get a, a decent snowfall yeah because it's more about the pattern and what's in place and of course we always talk about our nor'easters but basically our good snowstorms need to start in the deep south almost the gulf of mexico ride the coast and that's when it sits off the uh, the delmarva that's when we get good snow so i just i want to encourage snow lovers here ed that they don't get too discouraged that it's not going to be a snowy winter right you can still get a couple of decent storms even in a quote-unquote mild winter. right and you know and e even a la nina doesn't bar us from any chances of right. getting a big snow simply what it means right. is it's less likely so it's the probability in a La Nina winter is usually lower to see a big snow event. But it doesn't mean it can't happen. Right. It, 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 it has happened. It does happen. So 
uh, we're not throwing in the towel. I mean, <laughs> winter doesn't even start until December 21st. Yeah, we're definitely not doing that. Uh, so speaking of December 21st and thereafter, uh, White Christmas? That's the other big question uh, everybody wants. We didn't even get close to that last year. You know, everything was so mild prior uh, prior to Christmas, uh, except for a couple of events. Um, but what's your feeling on a White Christmas? Any gut feeling? Uh, no, I mean, it's just I'm hoping for one. So we'll see where that gets <laughs> us. That's a start. That's a start. You know, the, the, yeah. there's not the best white Christmas you could possibly have is not expecting a white Christmas and then waking up and it's. <laughs> that is true. The, that one is of the true. one of the one of the one of the most memorable white Christmases, and I think this is back when you started, Tom. Yeah, 2003. 2002, I think it was. Yeah, two, right? yeah, yeah and snow started falling on Christmas Eve. Yeah. I mean, yeah, how? Eve. I mean, it's just totally and completely magical. It start, it, you know. It was just like a lifetime movie, man. It started like eight o'clock on uh, Christmas Eve, and by the time we woke up, we had a good yeah, message. yeah. It felt like I was on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is a great feeling. Um, so let me throw this wild card at you. It's 2020. We've had record hurricanes and number of storms. So why can't we have a white Christmas? It, it, why can't it we? Fits, doesn't it? Well, I mean, everything seems to be negative about the year. So, uh, and I think a white Christmas is stuff, something that people would want. So that pretty much disqualifies that possibility. <laughs> All right. How about this? A white Thanksgiving. How about a white that? Thanksgiving. Ah, uh, we've had those before. Yeah. How about a white New Year's? Give me something, Ed. Oh, how about a white Halloween? <laughs> you know, I was looking back at some pictures. We had that. Uh, in uh, 2011. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. We got an email recently about somebody asking about that. I think it was actually just prior to uh, Halloween. It was October the 29th, and uh, of course it was still it was enough where there was plenty of snow on the ground for uh, for trick or treat. So I remember that because so, my kids were little, and they instead of just being able to walk right through somebody's lawn up to the door, they had to go all the way around where it was that, uh, <laughs> shoveled out. That was that was probably the year that I left. Because, you know, the year I left uh, to go and start my career, uh, this turned into a uh, the snow capital of the world, of course. Of course. Uh, um, yeah, so how much did, did you get that Halloween? Was that 2011? 2011, right. Um, uh, I want to say it was five or six inches. I don't have to... My gosh, five or six inches. It, it overachieved. It over I, I, thought, I thought, you know, it was a dusting to an inch or two. I didn't know it was that much. I could be wrong, but uh, I just remember having to to trudge through the snow for trick or treat with my kids. <laughs> talk about talk about a trick. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Yeah. All right. So the next focus, of course, is Thanksgiving, and uh, that's the next big holiday. And then uh, Christmas. This I think this end of the year is just gonna it's gonna fly by. And if uh, we do get uh, uh, lucky enough to throw a few snowfalls or, or winter events in there, it's going to make it go even faster. And uh, my prediction for the end of the year is that, like we just said, it's 2020, anything goes. Yep, anything goes. And, and hopefully anything goes in a more positive direction. We'll see. <laughs> I will take that. Yeah. That's a good note to wrap things up. Thank you so much for uh, listening to It's Raining Mets. And, of course, you can always go back and check out the other podcasts, uh, both on our website and wherever you find your podcasts. You can do that. It is a product of the CBS 21 weather team. Ed Russo, thank you, my friend. Thanks, Tom. Good talking to you.